Los Ingobernables de Podcast. You are now listening to Two Guys, One Sport, a variety wrestling podcast. You guys are as smart as... guys one sport good evening and happy thursday to all of you my name is chris my name is george chris i am watching a thoroughly mediocre football game while talking to you thoroughly i'd rather talk mediocre? to you though thoroughly mediocre how, yeah, how exactly Chiefs broncos Ooh. yeah, yeah that, um, that, that, that is that is pretty mediocre yeah yeah it, it the, the chiefs are are kind of eh because Mahomes' ankle is so bulky mm-hmm. and the broncos are just kind of bad yeah so you know um, by the way, if you are a gambler, and I know you are not a gambler, but our listeners, some of our listeners are gamblers. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy George loves, loves Rams minus three at Falcons this week. All right. Sounds good. Rams minus three at Falcons. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if you lose any money, it's your own fault. <laughs> not my fault. But Rams minus three at Falcons is where I'm leaning this week. So. Radio. So. Radio. Well, we have stuff to talk about. Yes, we do. We have a lot, and uh, one, one, we are we, we've been a little bit remiss about matches of the week. We'll get back mm-hmm. to that next week. I promise. We'll. We got uh, a lot we'll be, to, yeah, we got a lot to do. We, we, We're gonna kind of spray to all fields today. Yeah, and, and like honestly, like the the news has been so fast and rapid fire lately that like there's almost not enough time to even reminisce about the past and think about stuff to cover that from from ye olden days because there's so many things that are happening. So uh, mm-hmm. let's just let's just dive. Right in. Um, we have your your usual uh, slate of numbers and uh, and all sorts of uh, ratings coverage, uh, and uh, and we have some New Japan reviews to go through, and we have ourselves uh, a bit of business news on the Stardom front that we'll be talking about as well. But uh, let's uh, let's start off with uh, George. You said you have. Uh, I do. I have an apology. An apology, yes. I'm, an apology. I'm curious about this. Um, about six weeks ago, um, your friend and mine, Mr. Kenny Omega, went on to Twitter, and he said something along the lines of, the guys that, uh, and the people in NXT aren't fit to be dark match people on All Elite Wrestling. Mm-hmm. He said, they're not stars. We're stars, they're not stars. Something along those lines, correct? Yes. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't have it in front of me, but something. And um, a lot of people on, on Twitter and elsewhere, to put it quite bluntly, lost their minds when he said that. Yeah. You know I mean? we, we did not lose our minds, but we said, Kenny, put the phone down, back away from Twitter. Yeah. Play, go back to playing Link to the Past or whatever. Yeah, do, do, go back Pump to do, doing whatever you do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like to apologize to Kenny Omega. Because, Chris, look at the scoreboard. And by the scoreboard, I mean the ratings. It is pretty clear that the people in NXT are not stars. Because nobody's watching their show. Well, and it's pretty clear nobody, that the people but... in All Elite Wrestling are 
more of stars because mm. more people are watching their show. At least to start, yes. To start, yes. And again, all the caveats of, and we'll we'll do some deep dives into ratings in a little bit, but so far, three weeks in, Kenny Omega is right. Now, will he be right in 12 weeks or 25 weeks or 50 weeks? God knows, mm. right? I don't know. You don't know. He doesn't know. Nobody knows. But, you know, the best way to prove a point is to put up numbers, whether it's in sports or anything else. Point to the scoreboard and say, hey, we beat you guys, you know, 24 to 10. And, oh, shit, Pat Mahomes is hurt, speaking of. Oh, hey, damn. we beat you. Yeah, that's not good. We beat you guys 24 to 10. Look at the scoreboard. Well, right now, Kenny Omega is standing there, and he's pointing at the scoreboard and saying, I'm right, and you're wrong. So, I, speaking for myself, would like to apologize to him, because as mm. of October 17th, he's right. He I mean, right. To, to an extent. To, to an extent. To a degree. Yeah, to right, a degree. Yes. And, and I am... Uh, a lot of what I said was kind of sarcastic. Yes. The, the point stands is that a sort of in-character moment from a guy who prides himself as the cleaner and the superstar and the best bout machine was construed by people to be an actual attack. And, you know, I wanted to take the time to kind of address that now that we have some actual solid, honest-to-God numbers mm -hmm. to back us up. Now... That being said, Chris, do you have the ratings in front of you for this week? What uh, what we have for this week points to things being uh, stabilized a little bit. Um, the numbers are in. We have 1.014 million watching All Elite Wrestling with 0.44 in the demographic, fifth place. The, the demographic 18 to, uh, to 49, 18 the, to the 49. one that matters. Yes, the one that matters. And for NXT, 712,000 and 0 0.2 in the demographic, ranking 30th. So pretty stable as compared to last week. Now, what I, what I will say is that this is going up against, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still in baseball playoff season and we're still in the kind of the early, the early flush phase of, you know, AEW still being the, shi the new and shiny product, you know. I'd say I'd say they have about another week or so of that, maybe, maybe another two weeks of that before that starts to wear off. Um, but if they can hold the numbers past that phase, then I think that we will be able to say that this is a trend, not uh, not not just a blip. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's. It's right around the point where we were last week, as I said, and uh, the 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 end result is still the same thing that we that we said last week. And I I know we don't like to repeat ourselves, but WWE remains still having a young people problem. AEW still has the engagement. Now, where I, what I will say is that. The rate the ratings are what they are. Those are the hard numbers. Those are what you know. At the end of the day, is what's going to make the difference in what advertisers and executives and all the people people that sign the checks are looking at. But for the people like George and I, and for all of you who care about the quality of the product that's being presented, AEW very clearly won the creative and presentation battle last night. 
um, if for no other reason than the fact that uh, NXT's two biggest matches ended with BS finishes that didn't make sense to end with BS finishes. Um, uh, whereas the one BS finish that happened on AEW actually made some degree of sense given the kind of match that was happening. Um, so let, let's let's dig into that a little I have, bit. I have three points. Okay. In, in no particular order. Okay. Um, point number one. This is a sincere apology, not the one that I did to start the show. For a long, 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 long time on this show. I have ripped Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. The guy fucking brought it last night. Yeah. And Darby, you proved me wrong. Yeah. Keep keep doing it. Because mm -hmm. he looked like a star yes, he last did. night against Chris. And you know, and I have ripped him from pillar to post on this show for a year and a half. Yeah. Right, Chris? Mm -hmm. And I will wear it because yeah. he he basically turned that son bitch sideways sideways and stuck that straight up my candy ass. Yep. You know and hey. So you know what? You, you're going to take the good with the bad, and, and I'll own it because he was a rock star last night. And, and I, I will say for to, to you know, not, not to toot my own horn a little bit, but I was the one that did say to you maybe pull back a little bit on some of that criticism. You're but, right. You're right. But, you're right. you know. No, he was. He, was he, he has had in the past a little, a little bit of the flair for the overly dramatic. Absolutely. I did but, not know his game, for lack of a better phrase, would translate away from you know, Laboom and, you know, 40-seat buildings in Virginia to a national show, but it absolutely does. Mm -hmm. That fan base is behind him solidly, and he is every bit the baby face in peril that you need to make Chris Jericho look like a, just a conniving son of a bitch. Yeah. So, props to you, Mr. Allen. You, 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 did, you did good, kid. Mm -hmm. You did good, and I will wear it. Yeah. Um, point number that was point number one. Point number two, I think we're close, if not at the floor for NXT viewership. I the think this is the seven hundred K mark, give or take a hundred thousand in each direction. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, I think we're at the floor. I think we're seven hundred thousand, six hundred thousand is the people who will watch anything the WWE puts out, the people with the Sasha Banks avatars on Twitter, the people who uh, eat, sleep, and breathe this product, who have no problem watching three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of SmackDown, all the stuff on YouTube, your hardcore, diehard WWE fan. I think that's, I think that's the floor. We used to joke about those people on Impact who would watch anything Impact would put out no matter what. You know, I, I think that's the WWE version of that. I think is between six hundred and seven hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. I don't think the I don't think it would get significantly lower than that. Yeah. Uh, and number three, you alluded to it last week. Six days from now is not only Game Two of the World Series, mm -hmm. which could, uh, not likely, but could feature the New York Yankees only the most popular brand in American sports for good or for ill, as much as it pains me to admit, you know? <laughs> I, I, yeah, sorry, I know, but we, we, de we deal in the truth here, right? Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying, from a rating standpoint, they are an absolute juggernaut. Uh, yeah. So, and even if it's not the Yankees, it'll be the Astros, which is a national brand in and of their own right. 
mm-hmm. against Washington, the team that is taken October by storm. So that could that will be a ratings juggernaut. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the World Series, and it's not like it's the World Series featuring the Giants and the Royals. All due respect, it's featuring big market teams with narratives, yes. so people watch. And two, next week features um, the beginning of the NBA on, on ESPN regular season. Mm-hmm. Preseason, they've drawn good numbers. Next week is Celtics 76ers, two teams with title aspirations, two teams with national fan bases, two teams with young players who draw eyeballs. Joel mm-hmm. Embiid, Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Campbell Walker. So... All that being said, I would be astonished, Chris, if AEW stays above a million people next week. So, I would be astonished if WWE does not drop below the number they are, just because there'll be two sports juggernauts on opposing channel, one of which will be on free TV in the form of the World Series. That's on, yes. that's on regular Fox. And the other one will be on ESPN. And if you have USA and TNT, you have ESPN. Mm-hmm. So it will not be difficult to watch those if you are so inclined. So do not be surprised if the numbers for next week are ugly for both AEW and NXT. But it has been the long time stance of this show that we don't care what the numbers are week three, week four, week five. We care what the numbers are week 15, week 30, week 40, mm-hmm. etc. So uh, and- as much fun as we have parsing these numbers down and as worrisome as they are appearing to be for the WWE we only really have three weeks worth of data and next week I almost want to say next week they don't really matter unless they're astonishing like if if, if AEW draws half a million people that's a problem if Mm -hmm. NXT draws 300,000 that's a problem but barring anything super 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 low in the face of those big time games Next week almost doesn't matter. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and and I will say this as someone who studies statistics in a number of different fields in the past. Uh, there are always going to be outliers. I would dare say, to put to put it in statistical terms, what George is describing is that next week is going to be an outlier yeah. in, in, in every sense of the term. Now, I, I will give, at the very least, NXT credit. I don't know what AEW has planned for their card next week, but NXT at least it does Jericho be... versus uh, um, uh, Moxley versus Pac. Okay, so yeah, so both both AEW and NXT are loading their cards with some pretty, pretty strong matches to still try and keep people uh, enticed to tune is, in is this the, for is next this week. The first, was there ever a Dean Ambrose versus Neville match in the WWE? To your knowledge, not that I can think I don't of. No, think so. Uh, I, I'm almost. They, I want to say no. They were. They were not. In, I'm, maybe, were, maybe on a house show, but I'm saying televised. They were not in NXT at the same time period. No. And when uh, when when Neville was on the main roster before becoming a full time cruiserweight, I don't believe that he and Dean ever crossed paths at any point in time. No, because so. Dean spent. Mo- Dean has spent all of spent all of his time on the main roster in the upper card. Mm-hmm. And and Neville bounced around from the cruiserweights to the mid card. You know, he they were kind of in different levels. No, but I, I'm sure there was a house show. There was a a, a six man tag between the Shield and Neville and two people on a house show because mm-hmm. that's just and and house shows. That's just what happens on house shows. But I'm almost positive this is the first televised match featuring these two in any in any 
format. Yeah, it's possible. Other than, other than maybe like a Royal Rumble or you know something very you know, marginal. They, it, it's possible also that they may have faced each other on the independent circuit back in the days when it was, you know, back then also John Moxley versus Pac. But that's you know that, those are things that would be lost to the uh, to the bowels of history. Those were both yeah those those guys were both on the indies well before the current trend of every match on the indies being televised, mm-hmm. or at least high level indies being televised became a thing. I mean Moxley is signed with the WWE in like 2010, yeah something he, like but, that. Yeah, he was in F- FCW yeah yeah I mean he signed with the WWE early yeah well before the the the, the boom of of streaming services. Yes. took over in, in the indies you know well before you can go on like powerbomb or fight or anything else and mm-hmm. so i would be i'm only, like i said I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure and i have not looked i'm pretty sure that this is the first singles match or for that matter non-royal rumble match between these two so yeah, yeah that that's next week is moxley versus Pac. yeah so so yeah so both both brands are loading their cards to try and keep people's interest but we'll we'll get into that uh in a little bit um as for what happened last night the actual events so let's 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 dig into these two shows um the points of note uh for AEW. Uh, continuing to showcase tag team wrestling as being a big strength of theirs, I want to particularly point to the uh, the tag match of uh, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus the Lucha Brothers. Because um, holy shit, the crowds are enthralled with Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, and even in defeat, those guys looked great. And uh, Lucha Bros look like killers too. Yeah. Uh, and the Lucha Brothers are being the dominant heel tag team is absolutely the way to go for them. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, you know, because you got so many guys in that tag division who are just natural crowd pleasers. So props to them uh, for that and, and for running running a really, really solid tag match. Um, the women's match between Riho and Britt Baker was superb. Uh, one, you know, it's, it Britt Baker's little- best AEW match. I it took it took a little bit of time getting out of the gate, but once they got going, they were on all cylinders. Uh, I loved, love, loved the intelligence of Riho uh, scouting the fact that Britt was trying so hard to to get the lockjaw submission uh, in place, and then just eventually just rolled it through into a crucifix pin and got the win on that. Uh, very, very strong, very intelligent wrestling by her, and that's something that I think that they can build on uh, going forward uh, to build up both women for whenever they've next faced each other. Uh, so very, very, very well done on that note. Uh, the main event, I think, was the right call. Are we fair? Um, to, are we fair to say Riho is a star? Yes, that's a first statement, right? Yes. The, the, the crowd the crowds adore her yeah and the the presentation for her is exactly what it should be is, ex- is exactly the way that it should be for her for being a relatively unknown commodity but someone who you can very easily view as likable and being an underdog in most cases the, the presentation has been exactly what it should be so I'm looking forward to seeing where they go next with her whoever her next challenger is uh, I don't think that they should put her up against Kong anytime soon but no. um, but you know pretty much every anybody else in that division is fair game for her I think it would be it would be really really awesome to see any any other uh, any other iteration of a title match that Riho could have at this point um, 
the uh oh yeah the actually before i get to the main event the uh the other tag match that ha- one of the other tag matches that happened uh to build to next week's moxley Pac match where it was moxley and Pac versus um was it was it yeah it was kenny omega and adam page yeah so um that was very smart to have that match go the way that it did with moxley kind of just turning on Pac for uh, for, for, the, for the pure sake that Pac wanted to prevent him from engaging in his distru- in his wholesale destruction you know they really are going hard to sell Moxley as being this just you know unstoppable engine of mayhem and that's what they should do with him because that fits his style perfectly um, that's always been the way that he's been so I really like the fact that they're just like you know what he, do- he doesn't care who it is he'll lash out at anybody if they try to get in his way and you know that that's that's a good way to set up a match that should be an absolute blockbuster uh for those two next week i like that a lot and um as far as the main event goes uh again you know exactly what you said darby allen looked like a fucking star star. and how about chris jericho trying like hell to get booed i love that yeah god bless him yeah you you mentioned it earlier we are still firmly in the honeymoon phase for AEW fans and crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jericho, God bless him, he's trying. He's trying to get that heat. You know, mm-hmm. the, the heat, the, they're going to cheer everybody, those crowds, for mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And, that, and, that, and that's, that's not atypical. It's the same way that it's been for a long time with a lot of NXT crowds. Yes. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're getting through their growing pains, and that, I'll, I'll give them the credit for that. Um, but uh yeah taker exactly darby Al impressed you and you're not easily impressed by anybody no, yeah no he he did he did take her yeah. saying welcome to the show my man yeah. thank you for the kind words yesterday too as well mm-hmm. um and it was you know i i'll wear it man he he basically just gave me the old double bird mm-hmm. and, you know he said he impressed and i'm yeah, yeah. i'm impressed uh, great and- baby face in peril great got the heart of a champion you know like it's everything you need when you're going against uh you know uh, the bastard chris jericho you need uh, a champion who doesn't quit, who's tough as tough as you know shoe leather, the, the old two dollar steak, and, and just ready to rock and roll, and, and will never say die. And you need to shoot him to beat him, and that's what Darby was last night. Mm-hmm. You know, and it helps that he's adored by that fan base. So hey, more of this, and he'll make a believer out of me even more so. Yeah, uh, I'll wear it. Uh, I'll uh, wear uh, it, Chris. I don't mind. I love being proved wrong when I'm when I go in on a guy or a lady, and they and they prove me wrong, I'll, I'll be thrilled. I love mm-hmm. that. And, I don't mind that at all. And for sure, you know, I mean, having a kind of a, a fuck finish is not the greatest thing, but it is, it actually made sense because it's a, it's a it's a street fight. So, I mean, no yeah. DQ makes sense for the rest of the inner circle to get involved and lead to Jericho getting the win. Uh, you know, not, not great to have it end that way, but that's exactly what it should have been. And it certainly does get heat on the rest of the inner circle as well for you know being those kind of you know bastard heels as that's what that's what they want to be portrayed as so perfectly well done in that regard um and you know the next time darby allen has any sort of match on AEW, regardless of what it is he's going to be cheered like there's no tomorrow so and good for him too because he deserves it so i'm looking forward to that uh over on the nxt side of things 
a little bit more of a mixed bag, but uh, definitely some good things here. Um, the women's scene in NXT is probably the strongest women's wrestling division that there is in the entire uh, in the entire planet for any mixed gender promotion, and they went out of their way to prove it last night. Um, so they've already set up for next week uh, a number one contenders match between Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair uh, to be the next number one contender to Shayna Baszler's title. Um, since Candice LeRae just lost her, her title shot. Um, so Io Shirai comes out, uh, has a squash match against Caden Carter, beats the shit out of her, grabs a mic, says... Not- By the way, love that there were squashes on both shows. Yes. That was great. Love mm-hmm. more. Squash matches are the best. Yes. More, more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Io grabs the mic, says, not Bianca, not Rhea, me, I'm the next, I'm, I'm next. And that immediately brings out Rhea Ripley. Rhea grabs the mic out of Io's hand, says, next week, I'm, last week Bianca ran her mouth, next week I'm going to teach her a lesson for it. But if you, if your mouth, if you're, if my name ever comes out of your mouth again, I'll be happy to shut your mouth too. And I'm just like, give me the fucking match. No, it's Rhea Ripley yes. versus Io Shirai is money. Yes. Rhea yes, Ripley. Yes. Rhea Ripley's a star, by the way. No, no, no doubt. We, we, we. I was not wrong about Rhea Ripley. No. I may have been wrong about Darby Allen. I was not wrong about Rhea Ripley. No, she, Rhea Ripley is a star. And and the fact that they have made no changes to her character and successfully turned her into a tweener with no effort whatsoever is amazing and i love it is it's, it's and she's doing great work on both nxt and nxt uk and she should be an anchor for the women's division on both of those shows because she is a goddamn prodigy i love her stuff and then the other women's uh match that happened uh tegan knox made her uh return Back to NXT proper, following her return from injury, uh, beat Tanera Conti in, in a uh, little bit more of an even match, but still she picked up the win. And then um, Kathy Kelly comes out to give her an interview. Dakota Kai is with her just because you know friends supporting friends. And Shayna and the Horsewomen come out, and Shayna basically says, "Let me guess, Tegan, you want to throw your name in in the ring as well for a challenge for my belt?" Yeah, well, you know, you don't have many limbs left to rehab. Come call great me line. when you've done something, uh, when you've done something worth talking about or something like great, that. Great, great, great line. Loved it. Yeah, good healing by Shayna there. Um, but I would not be shocked if we get a War Games match that features uh, Tegan, Dakota, and Candice LeRae versus Shayna and the Horsewomen. That that seems yeah. like it's that yeah. just, just seems like it's almost an inevitable thing, and uh, I. Um, I'm okay with that. Hype for yeah. Jessamine Duke to take the fall. Yes, please. <laughs> that's what, she, that's or, what she's or, there for. Yeah, or Marina Shafir. Or either, Marina Shafir. Yeah. Either one. Either I'm not, of them. I'm, I'm not picky. Yeah. So, yeah, just just give give me that, yeah. It'll be Dakota Kai, though, in real life. No, it won't. The, the, the plan, I think the plan has been all along that they want Dakota Kai to take the title off Shayna. And that's when why they is, have... When is the next takeover, Survivor Series? No, my, I don't think it's the same weekend, but I know it's going to be the War Games takeover. I just don't know if it's also Survivor Series weekend. Let me see. Da, 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 da. The next one is... Oh, yeah, it is Survivor Series weekend. Yeah, War Games. 
at uh oh yeah right in uh, the all-state arena right there in good old chicago oh, when is that uh november 23rd is that the week before th or week after thanksgiving that is the week weekend before thanksgiving okay, i'll be in town i'm going to denver for thanksgiving so i'll be mm -hmm. gone for that week but i leave mm -hmm. the i'm gone the tuesday and i come back that saturday so. no if so. it was the week of thanksgiving i'd be screwed but okay mm -hmm. i should go to that yeah i should go to that you should. Yeah, why shouldn't I? It's Saturday, isn't it? I'll be, I can go out in the burbs and bomb my mom's car and do all that. Yep. You know what? I'm going to make every effort and go to that. Good. I bet good tickets will still be available. Mm -hmm. I'll say it's a big building, so. Yep. All right, I'm going to look into that when we get off the show. Thank you, Chris. Absolutely. Happy to help. Um, live and, wrestling, the best wrestling. Yes. That's a long, that is a long stance on this show, is that if there is live wrestling in your area, and I don't care if it's at a high school gym, go, go see live wrestling. Live mm -hmm. wrestling is great. Absolutely, it is. And uh, yeah, these uh, the, the those uh, the, the that women's division is gonna have some some pretty big moments during that takeover. I'm I'm near certain of it. Oh I, yeah, I and would not it, be surprised. You were right. It's the best women's division on the planet, other than Stardom. I mean, it, and I would not be surprised if we see uh, that War Games match that I'm talking about, as well as an Io Shirai Rhea Ripley match, which would fucking burn the house down. I would be just yeah i would i would be, I would be a match. fan of an eo shirai rhea ripley match yeah that's, that's my hot that's that's my hot take is that mm. that would be a good match yeah yeah i know breaking breaking news right, right. Chris? yeah um the <laughs> that's other the kind of analysis you'll then get here on this show mm -hmm. is that an eo shirai rhea ripley match would be really good yeah i know you're shocked man right, i know it's <laughs> what a surprise um other things that happened on nxt last night um Tommaso Ciampa squashed Angel Garza, and uh, after that match, uh, the Undisputed Era was shown backstage having beaten the shit out of Velveteen Dream. Um, so that, and it was apparently so bad that Velveteen Dream is unable to compete next week in the North American title match. Now, it's unknown at this point in time whether that, that's just a kayfabe thing or whether he is actually uh, needs, some, needs some time off if he's actually banged up or something. But uh, he is out for uh, for next week's North American title match. So what they did to make up for that is they took one of the two mark one of the marquee matchups that happened last night and uh, added some stakes to it. The supposed rubber match that was going to happen between Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee was turned into a number one contenders match for the North American title. And these two, as they do brought the fucking house down it was an amazing match until right at the end when Roddy Strong ran into the ring like an idiot and assaulted both of them with the belt and then ran off uh, you know yelling at ringside they don't deserve it they don't uh, you know they're not worthy and all this stuff uh, and you know I gotta say Roddy Strong you're kind of a moron because you yeah, you you've, like an idiot. You, you've You've been in NXT long enough that you know what happens when you do that. Uh, I mean, hell, you were someone that benefited when somebody did that to you. So, you know, for him to not expect what happened next, look, you know, it was a bad look, but it is what it is. Regal immediately comes out onto that little uh, platform uh, out in the crowd and uh says very smart roddy strong but not smart enough sunshine i loved regal calling roddy strong sunshine that was the best part of it 
I got, I got to pull. I Great gotta, line. I, I got to pull that up because that, 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 that little bit of, uh, a little bit of speech there just, just made it for me. Uh, but, uh, oh yeah, here, here. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to this. All right. Pause there. All right, I'm gonna unmute this so that you guys can can hear this because this the regal is just so good here. An instant classic. Very very clever, Roderick Strong, but not clever enough, Sunshine. Because <laughs> not clever enough, Sunshine. Love it. Great line. Great. <laughs> uh, it's so nice to have a general manager who's not a heel. Yeah. Uh, and, no, and Regal also having that natural intensity to him. It looked like his eyes were about to pop out of his head. It was so freaking good, though. Yeah, more of that, the better. Yeah. Uh, right. So, so as you can expect, Roddy is now in a triple threat next week against both Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic for the North American title. Uh, he Roddy runs, what, 200 pounds even? Yeah. 210 maybe on a good day. Yeah. Versus uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic for a combined 610 pounds, approximately. Yeah. If yeah. not more. Um, do you want to talk about the the match not having a finish? or? I mean, I mean, the fact that the match didn't have a finish was not great. Uh, especially for it to be the rubber match between the two of them. Like, they're, they're, if you're going to announce something as the rubber match... And I, and you know you want to have a rivalry end, like you need to give it an end. Like I get it. These are two guys who are both really hot with the crowd, who both have a ton of momentum, and you can't really afford to cool either one down to have one win the feud and one lose the feud. But if that's the case, then you don't put them in a feud against each other in the first place. You you put them you keep them apart so that they can both keep their heat and you know feud against people who can afford to lose heat you know if you, if you really want to you know to keep them both hot you don't put them in a feud against each other <laughs> no you, you pick you pick one you have him when you have the other guy lose yeah you don't half ass it you know yeah. you don't 50 50 it you just you pick a you pick a winner you pick a loser we all move on with our lives yeah i you know mean what I'm saying? That, that's just i mean there's there can only be like the, the, the only time when that has ever worked is when they fucking turned Sheamus and Cesaro into a tag team after having... Oh, these two no, are going to be a tag team. No definitive finish to uh, to a best of seven series. These two are going to be a tag team. Chris. I mean, they've been a tag team before, so it makes absolute sense to have them as a tag yeah, team. They're going to lose. The, they're going to lose. Roddy's going to escape by the skin of his teeth. And these two are going to be a tag team. And I've seen that song before. And I, I've heard... I've seen that song and dance, and I don't necessarily need to see it again. You know what would have been cool? If one of if if Lee had beaten the shit out of Dijak, Dijakovic, or mm -hmm. Dijakovic had beaten the shit out of Lee, and then went toe to toe with Roddy Strong, I, I would have been interested. Mm -hmm. Now we have this three way shit. We got enough with the damn three ways, man. Just uh, give me a winner. Uh, and, 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 you know, of course, because triple threat, it means no disqualification, which means Undisputed Era is going to interfere. And yeah, just gonna give me a winner, man. Just and, give me, yeah. you know, like, just uh, stop trying to protect everybody. Consequences you, know, of, you know, Frederick the Great once said, to defend everything is to defend nothing. Yep. You know, and he was talking about, you know, fighting the Russians and the French, but I feel it's just applicable yeah. to professional wrestling. Yeah. This is, once again, the consequences of having a roster too big for its own good.
Yep. There it is. And, a, and an inability to just pick a guy or lady and say, this is our guy or lady, mm -hmm. you know, and, and go from there. So, yep. so it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then the main event. Oh, boy, the main event. Uh, Pete Dunn versus Damian Priest. Um, I will say that these two looked great against each other. It was a really strong, solidly booked match. I do like the fact that in the in the lead up to the match, uh, Pete Pete Dunn was walking down the ramp as Killian Dane was walking up the ramp from his previous match, which was also a squash, and uh, they kind of stared down at each other. And then Pete just snaps Killian Dane's fingers, so we know where this is going. But yeah, um, yeah so uh, Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, they have a solid match. You know, they they br bring the heat. And uh, then we have a spot with, uh, you know, Ref getting, uh, getting trapped against the turnbuckle and having to sneak her way out of, uh, out of harm's way. And in the interim, when her, she's not able to see, one good old dick kick. And then uh, That's Priest that. Wins. Mal Ronello talking about the bullseye. No, the Me wanting the to kill myself. The ball's eye. The ball, yeah. And yeah. then saying it twice. Mm -hmm. He said it twice, yeah. and people on YouTube are praising that as a clever line. It's not. It, oh it's man, not. Stop. It's Stop. just. Ugh. What do you do? Stop. You, you know, no, no, no. Cringe. You know the cringe. Not, not. The all-time bad is him comparing him comparing. Uh, what the fuck was that guy's name? Uh, the 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 bodybuilder who. What was that guy's name? The, the big bald bodybuilder dude who's no longer with the company or whatever is hurt. Uh, Lars uh, Sullivan? Yes. Him comparing Lars Sullivan to Thanos at Oof. one of the takeovers. That yeah. was the all time worst. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Marl. Pump the brakes. Yeah. yeah. No, stop. You're you're just you're just embarrassing yourself at this point, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good match. Better on mute. Is all I'm gonna say, you know? Yeah. But uh, e either way, uh, you know, resorting once again to the dick kick to uh, to ensure that you know nobody gains any heat, nobody loses any heat, and then, you know no yep. progress is gained for anybody. You know, l literally they only did that just so they could you know. And NXT needs to fucking stop it with the undefeated streaks because you know once you know Damian Priest now on an undefeated streak, you know it's like who's he go who's gonna beat him? It's like really. Like I, I get it that he looks a lot better than he ever did as Punishment Martinez in ROH. Uh, you know his performance has definitely stepped up a level, but are you really going to give him an undefeated streak? Of all people, really? Apparently like, they are, my man. He's what thirty six? Yeah, he's not young. <sighs> yep, here we are. And for then to do that to, to Pete Dunn, who's one of the ten best wrestlers on the planet, too, is just like I, I get it. He can get his heat back pretty easily, but just ugh. is that the point? Yeah, should not be that way. No, should not be that way. Um. So yeah, that that's uh, that is a thing that happened. Um. It, it's uh. It, it, it's it's like I said. It's very clear who won the creative direction of last night. Um, 
but you know there, there were good things from both shows just more good things from aew and uh definitely some areas where nxt could stand to uh could, could, could stand to get get away from their uh their their old standbys and, that, and that's really that's really the the microcosm view of what this whole thing is all about because of the fact that you know this whole thing has been about the fact that wwe as a company can't get away from their old standbys and just keeps doing the same things over and over and over again you know and you know and then aew is over here presenting a product that actually feels fresh and feels interesting and different despite it being the, despite the fact that it is you know at, at its core still pro wrestling still the same business that it's been for 70 some odd years but you know it still feels fresh and different just because it has the little touches that help to differentiate it so strongly from from what wwe does so well done for AEW on that on that regard and uh we'll see where it goes from here yeah you know what i love speaking of little things we mm-hmm. talked about yeah um the opening angle of AEW had like a, a beatdown, mm-hmm. and scorpio sky came out in his street clothes to fight yeah i love that it's why would he be in his wrestling gear he wasn't in a wrestling match mm-hmm. he was in his street clothes he was hanging out in blue jeans yep and, and then yeah. he came out to fight he didn't you know that makes sense why wouldn't he do that you yeah. know i love that i thought that was a nice little clever touch yep very, that, very that's well the done. kind of stuff i'm looking for you know yep is that little stuff and they're nailing it all right now and again hey it's early you know what happens in six six weeks if they're out of ideas and blah blah, blah. but you know for now mm-hmm. this is an enjoyable show and i'm enjoying aew television yep. and nxt isn't bad don't get me wrong it just seems kind of unessential right now it mm-hmm. seems like a show whereas aw for me is much more important is much more can't miss mm-hmm. so that being said nxt is good too yeah. it's good i enjoy both of these shows i just enjoy aew a little more yep so what so, um what do you think so where are we with next week you said aw would know is moxley and moxley uh, and Pac. Pac. Yeah. yeah and nxt has this triple threat for the, the right. north american title for Roddy's, for Roddy's belt You're right. uh, with okay. uh with bianca versus Rhea as a uh as another uh selling point so okay. yeah not terrible no no both, both should be good mm-hmm. you know just nxt feels a little more unessential right now mm-hmm. than AEW does, but that's because one show is the their only show of the company, and the other one is not. So, the nature of the beast, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh my! What God. um? What do you want to talk about next? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just looking through Twitter, and I see that uh, that's your first mistake. Well, well, no, actually, like you never hear about hair versus hair matches a- a- anymore. Not, not north of the Rio Grande. No. Uh, so. Uh, um over, over, and much less where i'm about to describe it uh japan oh. uh seedling is having their uh shinkaba tournament uh this sunday and uh one of the tag matches that's going to be happening arisa nakajima and dash Shisako teaming together versus nene takahashi and miyuki takase for number one contendership for the seedling tag titles and it's a uh loser gets their haircut uh winner gets the title uh yeah it's actually actually for the title Loser gets the haircut. Wi- uh, winners get the title. Last out. This is called the last outpost battle. Really? I'm uh, I- I'm kind of loving that because, like I said, nobody runs hair versus hair matches anymore, um, especially in, you know in women's feds. 
So uh, that is uh, that, that is something I am definitely in favor of. So good job, Seedling, on that one. Uh, st sticking in the women's wrestling f uh, forum, ROH continuing to do the most ROH possible things that they can. Uh, we're, we're, we're about at the point where uh, LOL TNA can be replaced with LOL ROH as, as a meme within the wrestling circuits. So Maria Manic has been showing up. This story's up. unbelievable. This, Go on. I love this story. Yeah. Maria Manic has been showing up on uh, on ROH TV and all these vignettes stalking the allure and uh, kind of just chasing off Mandy Leon and Angelina Love after matches and all these other things. Um, seemingly to supposedly set her up as part of the division and eventually as a uh, contender for Angelina Love's Women of Honor title. Uh, it seems, however, that ROH, in their uh, lack of uh, lack of planning, did not uh, elect to sign Maria Manic to a very long-term contract, because apparently her ROH contract has already expired, and she's was spotted this past weekend at a tryout at the at the Performance Center. Did she Florida. not wrestle a match for them? She did not wrestle a single match for ROH. So they gave her all this money to join the company for six months, didn't wrestle a match, and are, and, and are now losing her to another company. Mm -hmm. Another company, which, by, by the way, uh, yeah. also, uh, which makes it even funnier, uh, Maria Manic had a tryout with WWE last year and was not called back uh, before she signed this deal with ROH. And now she's going back to WWE because they, they offered her another shot. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Fucking what the hell not? ROH. <laughs> that's just that's just one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Keep on keeping on. Yep. Uh, and uh, in, on the LOL WWE side of things, Eric Bischoff already fired as as creative director on SmackDown, replaced by Bruce Prichard. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was we knew he was brought on to, as a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. I just didn't think it'd be this quick. I mean, it, it's. I, I, I kind of figured the right the writing was on the wall when we had like the uh, the continuous saga of is Eric Bischoff at SmackDown this week uh, yeah. over the summer like that 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 was that that was one of the most heavily covered pieces of news going around from week to week in in, in WWE as to whether Eric Bischoff was present for things uh, for his job you know that. that uh, that kind of told me, okay, something's not right here, and this probably this relationship probably is not going to last very long. So, uh, so there it is. Lo uh, and behold, and 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 now another former WWE guy who went uh, went on to TNA is uh, is now back at WWE to uh, to do more WWE stuff. <laughs> yeah. So the big wheel yeah. keeps on turning somehow. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know. Well, I mean, none of it matters until the big man upstairs, and I don't mean the Lord. I mean Vince. Yeah. You know, it, it dies or retires. I, I, I mean, that's that's the thing. Is it doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter who's running Raw or SmackDown or NXT or anything else. The, you know? the, that at the end of the day really is like we talk about WWE having a young people problem you gotta wonder maybe the problem is that the company's creative is a bunch of 50 year old guys reporting to a 70 year old guy did they ever think of that probably not no probably not <laughs> probably not uh, let's, let's, go, uh, let's go talk some New Japan now sure 
Did uh, you watch the show a couple days ago? Not yet. I need uh, King to. Pro Wrestling. I watched I need a few to. of the matches. I did not watch all the matches. I, I, I'm probably going to watch this show as my decompression on Sunday because on Sunday I have to go buy my suit for my sister's wedding. Um, and, I got a uh, wedding Saturday, so it's that time of year. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm not a fan of shopping even though I already know exactly what it is that I'm going to buy. I always fuck up and forget to ask the right questions and something inevitably goes wrong just because like I just don't enjoy shopping um so like as my decompression from that because this is actually a trip where it's actually important for me to ask the right questions and to make sure that I do everything correct because this is an outfit that you know actually matters for something um as my decompression from that I'm probably going to watch King of Pro Wrestling um because this card was awesome and uh, there's a, yeah, a lot of cool stuff that happened during the show um, I saw Liger Suzuki. Do you want to go run down the card, and I'll jump in with stuff that I saw. All right. So first, first and for, first and foremost, this card was impacted heavily uh, by the um, uh, the typhoon Hagibis that uh, that uh, hit Japan over the weekend, um, and because of the typhoon, both John Moxley and Zack Saber Jr. were not able to. Uh, fly into Japan to be part of this card. Now, for Zack Sabre Jr., that really didn't matter very much. His match that was he was scheduled to be a part of was just taken from being a six-man tag to a four-man tag. But for John Moxley, uh, the match had a little bit more significance because as the IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion, he was not there to defend his title, and so because he was not there to defend his title, he vacated the title forcibly, um, which tells you pretty pretty strongly that they did not intend for him to hold on to the title no. after this match because like i mean yes there is precedent for new japan having title holders vacate the title when they're not able to be present for events uh you know it has happened before but you know if they didn't have long-term booking plans for him it makes it that much easier for them to just snap their fingers and decide that i mean if they if they were going to be uh having him show up as the title holder for power struggle or, or the dome then that becomes a, a very different story so uh, that being said he wrestled lance archer or lance archer wrestled juice robinson in his place yeah in his place and i would recommend this match Chris. Mm -hmm. right out of the gate they go right after each other oh for well let me let me back up uh before the match archer says he wants a no dq match mm -hmm. and juice says sure why not and so right out of the gate, these two just start beating the shit out of each other. And I'm a happy camper because, you know, I just like guys beating up each other. Yes. Uh, Juice just punts Archer right in the sack. And the ref just kind of shrugs. It's great. <laughs> you know? Uh, once the match gets back in the ring, they kind of bounce around a little outside. A couple chair shots, you know. Uh, we see 2019 Lance Archer, who is a lock for most improved. Mm -hmm. A lock because he has been so good this year not only is he an incredibly athletic big man but he is an incredibly athletic monster too mm -hmm. his performance was excellent but what really elevated it to the next level was juice robinson who sold like a million bucks mm -hmm. it took everything lance archer had the full nelson bomb onto a chair juice kicks out of two blackout onto a chair Juice kicks out of two. 
couldn't survive the e the, the the claw you know that claw thing he does mm -hmm. archer wins the belt Zeus looks great in defeat archer looks great in victory lance archer's first singles title yes it's a pretty unimportant title but you know what Lance Archer ain't that good of an actor. He looked pretty happy to win it, and I'm happy for the guy. He's earned it this year. You know, he floundered around for years and years with Davey Boy Smith Jr., and ever since the Davey Boy Smith Jr. left to go to MLW, Archer has been a man reborn. This was a fun match. If you like watching just brawls, this is, this is the match for you. And he's 42 years old, too, which is... Yeah, which is back when, and looks 10 years younger. Yeah, which, which really should, you know... That, that, that's the point that definitely deserves to be, you know, un, uh, to uh, underscore this whole thing is the fact that at 42 years old, he is looking better than he has at any, any point previously in his career. And he started wrestling almost two decades ago. Yeah. So. Looks great. You know, good, good on him. Good on him for that. Yep. Uh, <sighs> Let's go down this card, though. So. Sure. Um, so the aforementioned Zack Sabre Jr. absence turned this first match from a six-man tag to a four-man tag. Uh, El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeated Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo in a tag team match. El Desperado's big return. He got a huge pop. Everybody was happy to see him. And there he is. And he's sure. back. There it is. He's back. Great. Not a whole lot to uh, to report on there. I mean, we've seen we've seen this team face off against Rapagi 3K before, so I imagine it was pretty similar to their previous matches. But you know, just good in general to have Despy back because he's uh, he's always he's always been a strong strong uh, player in the junior division, and uh, good to have him back from injury. Absolutely. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tomoaki Honma defeated Togi Makabe and Toru Yanu in tag team action. This was fun. Mm -hmm. This I enjoyed this match. Um, it, it was, you know, we got Toriano shenanigans. We got uh, a duel, a Kokeshi mm -hmm. attempt with uh, Tanahashi and Hanma. And we got a high fly flow to send the crowd happy. Everything we needed. You know, not a damn thing wrong with this one. Yep. Just a uh, uneventful, fun, professional wrestling match. Yep. Nice and easy. Yeah. Um, Los Gobernables de, de Japón, Tetsuya Naito and Shingo Takagi defeated Suzuki Gun, Taichi and Doki by DQ. Solid match. Mm -hmm. Good back and forth with plenty of Suzuki Gun shenanigans. Uh, Doki using his pipe to choke Shingo. Sure. Well, mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Uh, Taichi got the team disqualified by hitting Shingo with the microphone stand. Yeah. You know, Naito came into the ring and told Taichi to be tranquilo and then Naito took a bump right on the top of his head because that's what Naito does yeah you know don't, don't do that man yeah don't don't, don't, do, don't that. do that don't don't do that uh. you know? Naito Naito and the unnecessary bumps you know yeah like, like no yeah stop it less of that please stop it <laughs> yeah don't do that uh but uh yeah, that is what it is. Um, I'm interested to see if this LIJ versus Suzuki Gun feud uh, continues in any sort of way, um, because like these these two stables work well with each other, mm -hmm. but um, like they also have like part of that is because they are so similar in nature. Just as one stable goes one way, the other one goes the other. So 
Uh, I don't I don't know. There's a lot there's a lot of good foil matches to be had between these two stables, but I'm not sure uh, if they're going to choose to go with it or not, but we'll see. Uh, Minoru Suzuki defeated Jushin Thunder Liger in single action. Fun. Blood feud. Great feud that built out of a meaningless six-man tag. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys went at it. You know, it was... You know what the best part of Minoru Suzuki is? I mean, besides everything. Yeah. Is his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. He, he sells the shit out of anything. Whether it is I am vicious or it is I am enjoying myself or it is I am, you know, in awe or it is whatever. Minoru Suzuki is in, in, in very, very good at, at acting. He's yes. very good at acting and making himself look and his opponents look as good as they need to. So this was no different. Sorry. Suzuki made Liger look good. He beat him and then he did the bow to him afterwards. And mm-hmm. it was a pretty definitive end of this feud and possibly an end to Suzuki's time in New Japan, but I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah. I don't know what else he has to do now that he's beaten Liger, you know? Mm. And he's not exactly a young man, so it wouldn't shock me if he was leaving New Japan to go, you know, somewhere else in, in Japan. Minoru Suzuki's not a guy who stays at one place for a long time. No, not really. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um,. You know, either, either way, if, if this is the capstone of his New Japan time, then he oh, certainly, it's been a great run. certainly has had an amazing run with the company. It's um, been a sensational run. From the minute he got there, he has reinvented himself and found the fountain of youth. Mm-hmm. Oh, he has publicly said that he's not resigning with New Japan. Is that so, well, Taker? So it is. Well, that explains that. And so it is. Godspeed, my man. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, when does this contract end, though? That's the real Probably, Usually they run Wrestle Kingdom and Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, so... So, one more, one more blow-off at the Dome, and we'll go from there, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, we shall, uh... Makes absolute sense, yeah. Yeah. So, one one more big match where we put someone over, and we're mm-hmm. all we're, we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. Speak, speaking of the Dome, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, uh, Will Ospreay successfully defended the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship against El Fantasmo. This was the same as their other two matches. Mm-hmm. Two great wrestlers with the baby face trying to overcome the heel antics. You know, um, we got some cool fun spots that were different, but it was more or less the same thing. Mm-hmm. It was just bombs, guys throwing bombs. Mm-hmm. You know, Osprey won with an unbelievable hidden blade and stormbreaker combination it was just just wailing on this guy i i wonder el Fantasmo, we know he doesn't need the shenanigans but he keeps using them mm-hmm. i wonder when he's going to grow out of them does that make sense yeah because it, it, i think that there's more to his story than that but i guess we'll see right yeah it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be uh gonna be a little bit of time i think because because of the fact that he's in bullet club and inherently shenanigans are just going to be part of what they do yeah but um but I, I think that there will be a time when he starts to get a little bit uh get get, get himself a little bit uh more serious on that side of things um speaking of bullet club uh chaos Hiroki goto tomohiro ishii and yoshihashi defeated bullet club jay white kenta and yujiro takahashi i did not see this one mm-hmm Although I don't understand why Goto is still wearing the G and G one stands for Goto when he is just kind of a dweeb, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it goes. 
I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I, I will say I was right. Yujiro Takahashi in the match to eat the pin. Yep. So he, you're not wrong, my man. That's did, exactly I, what he was there for. Yep. I did. I did say. Uh, then we had the uh, Archer Robinson match, which we discussed again. Uh, mm -hmm. Quite match. good. Quite Check good. the South Coast if you haven't yet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, then Kota Ibushi successfully defended the IWGP Heavyweight Championship briefcase uh, for Wrestle Kingdom against Evil. A and... match we did not ever doubt the outcome of. One of the things I loved in this match um, was the renewed focus on Ibushi. Mm -hmm. He looked like he wasn't there to screw around. He looked like he was there to kick ass and take names. Yeah. You know, he was there to... He came to Sumo Hall to take care of business. And he did. You know? That being Your said, boy Evil looked very, very good. Yeah. And this is a, a a role that he excels at. And mm -hmm. in fact, I, in fact I, I, got, I, I was actually thinking that um, I, I probably will still do this. Um, I had uh, I had thought of that I was going to do for my match of the week this week. I was going to go back to King of Pro Wrestling 2017 when Evil was in the main event against Okada and have that be my match of the week. Um, because that match was amazing, mm -hmm. and I definitely want to uh, revisit that match because it's one of Evil's best matches of his career. Um, so uh, I'll probably do that next week. But sure. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and um, then in your main event, Okada defeated Sonata to retain the championship. Mm-hmm. Mm. One of the things Sonata has worked on is showing expressions and charisma in the ring and he worked on that in a big way in this match mm -hmm. this match was i know you're about to, i know shocker this match ruled mm -hmm. not only was it well paid not only was it well placed it was filled with callbacks and it showed that while sonata's getting closer he doesn't have what it takes to actually get over the hump yeah you know and, 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 the, few, be, and few do few and do few, i mean okada is an all-timer for a reason yeah what was interesting at the end of this match is that Sonata was in tears mm -hmm. he was showing emotion which was just like Okada did after losing to Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom yep. about four years ago with how much growth we have seen from Sonata in the past three years mm -hmm. I, it would not shock me if he is winning the belt soon Not maybe not at the Dome but perhaps at a new beginning show or you know at whatever WrestleMania weekend show New Japan does next year or, or whatnot, you know. I, I was really impressed with him. He is starting to take the next step and understanding that it really is the little things that matter. It's not it's not doing your jumping jacks when you're selling the knee. It's it's conveying emotion to the crowd with your facial expressions. It's you know, he Sonata has put the work in and gotten better at the little things in wrestling, Chris. Yeah. Showed in this match. Check this match out. This was a very good show. A yeah. very good match. Yeah. A very good match of good capstone to this show. Yes. Now, what I was, what I alluded to earlier that I, I want to say now is that uh, during the course of this week in the uh, aftermath of uh, King of Pro Wrestling, Okada has mentioned that he is willing to defend the belt both nights at, at Wrestle Kingdom uh, this, this coming year, since Wrestle Kingdom is going to be two nights. Sweet. Uh, so... We may have two IWGP Heavyweight Championship matches at Wrestle Kingdom, which is unprecedented. That's and good. I'm, I'm good. They should. 
because Okada is at the absolute top of his game, and I would not mind watching him wrestle two people. No. Now, now the question is, who is the second person going to be if Ibushi well, the is the first? going to be the briefcase holder. Yeah, if, 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 the fir- if Ibushi is the first, who is the second? The IC champion. You think? You think? You think it's going to be I Naito? I think it will be. I mean, if look, look. I know I sound like Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I know. It is. I know. I'm like Leo with the with the with the uh, space missiles. Mm-hmm. You know, it did, it did nine out of ten things. It just didn't hit the target, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I sound like Charlie Brown, but I just can't shake the fact that we haven't seen the last of Naito and Okada. Because if we had, then why haven't we seen it since? You know. Yeah. The dome, like. It, a company that loves running shit into the ground has not touched that match since Wrestle Kingdom 2018. Yeah. You know? It's just... Again, I I know I sound like Charlie Brown waiting for Lucy to hold the football. Hey, this time, she'll hold the football. Uh, <laughs> let's, it, I think that's where we're going. So... I guess we'll see. Surprise is going to be Star Blue. <laughs> I love it. I'd love a Star Blue Okada match. Hell yeah. Um, but uh, that's uh, it's, it's an interesting little tidbit that I, I imagine that they will build on over the course of the next couple of months. Since uh, since I mean we've got what Power Struggle and Tag League, and then that's that's basically it uh, before we get to the Dome. So I mean this is this is kind of the dry season for New Japan. Uh, yeah. So you got you got to imagine that. Um, I, I would I would think that probably one of, one of the things that they're going to do probably in the uh, lead up to or aftermath of Power Struggle will be some sort of uh, tournament of some sort to determine who is the uh, second challenger if they do run two title matches at Wrestle Kingdom like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, and uh, to close things out tonight, we're going to... Visit my wheelhouse, my uh, my my home in the wrestling world, World Wonder Ring Stardom, with a huge announcement that dropped last night in the uh, aftermath of their show uh, that they ran last night. I believe they were at Shinkaba last night. I'm not sure where they were, but um, and uh, resulting in a press conference uh, earlier today at uh, Stardom has been acquired by Bushi Road. Now the company that owns New Japan. Yes, indeed. Now, George, you are familiar with Bushiroad and their uh, and their role in the wrestling world. Uh, expand upon Bushiroad a little bit for the class, please. Bushiroad is the company that bought New Japan maybe three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. They are they have their fingers in a lot of pies. They do video games, trading cards, etc. But their big thing is media in Japan, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the things that they are pretty good at doing is they are really good at buying a company and then seeing what happens for a year or two before they start making any changes. Harold Mage came over as part of Bushi Road, but he didn't come over right away. So I, I know what you're thinking is what happens with Rasiagawa, and in the short term, the answer is most likely going to be nothing Mm -hmm. and I imagine he would still be at stardom for no less than a year or two unless he unless he himself wants to leave Bushiroad is not one of these companies that takes over uh, a firm and then just all of a sudden institutes their own people 
like a venture capital firm here in the states they're a lot more conservative than that a lot more measured than that you know so i imagine if rossi agawa wants to stay in new japan or at stardom excuse me then he will stay at stardom does that make sense yes so, so I, I think you're in the clear there, my man. Mm-hmm. Now, look, I'm going to read through this uh, bullet point of... Uh, basically, this is the summary of the press conference that occurred earlier today um, in Japan with uh, Rossi Ogawa, um, global strategy leaders from Bushi Road, and the entire stardom roster. Uh, so, point number one, as reported today on the front cover of the Tokyo Sports newspaper, Stardom is now part of Bushi Road. Stardom was no longer a corporation and becomes part of the Bushi Road group Kicks Road. Kicks boxing promotion, kickboxing promotion Knockout is also a part of Kicks Road. Now, Kicks is spelled K I X, like the cereal. Sure. Um, Contested, no. mother approved. Yeah, uh, which which really doesn't matter because on December first, twenty nineteen, the company name will be changed from Kicks Road Company Limited to Bushi Road Fight Company Limited. Rossi Ogawa will remain Chief Executive Officer of Stardom. The name of the wrestling promotion remains Stardom. Uh, BS Nippon. That's good. Yes. Two good things. Why, 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 why not keep that brand loyalty? Exactly. BS Nippon Television Broadcasting, Advertising, and Global Development will begin shortly thereafter. The first big show to be held will be on April 29th, 2020 at Tokyo's Otawar Gymnasium. And in 2021, there is going to be a big 10th anniversary show for the company. In 2020, Stardom will run Kurrican Hall 14 times, which is an unprecedented number for the company. Big number, yeah. Yeah. Uh, August 8th and 9th, 2020, Stardom will run Kurrican Hall on consecutive days. Details will come later. I'm assuming that's going to be probably the closing nights of the five-star Grand Prix. Uh, but uh, that is going to be those are going to be two big nights of wrestling for Stardom. December seventh and eighth, twenty nineteen, Stardom will take part in Chara Expo USA twenty nineteen held at the Anaheim Convention Center, Anaheim, California. Stardom will put on the following tag team match of Mayu Iwatani and Tom Nakano versus Sume Sakai and Nicole Savoy as part of Chara Expo twenty nineteen. Um, I'm okay. not familiar with what Chara Expo is exactly. But uh, I mean, sort of convention, I imagine. But I would imagine I don't know for sure. Um, but I'm gonna be looking that up to see see if I get some more information on that. Either way, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big tag match, and of course they're sending two of the most uh, most uh, integral central members of the roster to represent them. So I'm uh, I'm on board with that. Uh, a TV program will air on BS Nippon TV and Tokyo MX beginning in January 2020 on BS Nippon TV every Thursday. And uh, Tokyo MX uh, will be will be a uh, the Thursday program will be the full length Stardom shows, and the Tokyo MX show will be a thirty minute program. Stardom World will remain as it is, so no changes to the streaming service, which is very good, good for for international customers. Bushi Road, in regards to contracts, stated, "Quote." We will create contracts with each wrestler. We want to create an environment where the wrestlers can concentrate on pro wrestling and we are expecting to bring in excellent wrestlers from all over the world. We would like to listen to the thoughts of each wrestler and take those thoughts into account when creating this new work environment. That is... Sounds pretty good to me. Can't argue with that, right? That, that, that is very, very uh, you know, positive PR-minded. And the thing that is not mentioned there that is going to be kind of a big... Uh, black cloud over all of that is how it is going to work in terms of exclusivity especially with regards to other competing brands because 
right now stardom is uh fortunate enough to still hold the services of a couple of wrestlers who are performers on nxt uk uh namely i'm thinking of jamie hater zaya brookside and piper nevin slash viper um if this contract uh creates some sort of exclusivity um or if uh stardom association with bushi road uh leads to wwe revising the contracts for those performers to not be able to be part of stardom anymore that is going to be a big shakeup to the roster because those three are very integral gaijin performers that are uh you know have, have been prominently featured every time that they have uh, gone on uh, trips to Japan and have been part of the company's performing roster likewise world of stardom champion B Priestley also is a contracted performer for all elite wrestling so that is a little bit more nebulous because of the fact that all elite does not have any existing partnerships with any companies in japan at the current time so that one is probably something that could be easier to work around and if all elite does decide to partner with new japan uh, and or stardom down the line uh, i could very easily see that working out and it's also worth noting that current all elite women's wrestling champion Riho is also the high-speed champion in stardom and has performed with stardom quite a bit in the past year so i would imagine that that is a working is it safe to say that that's her home promotion uh in japan in japan in japan it's kind of hard to say actually because rio's been around with a lot of different companies um in japan in the course of her time as she's come up the come up the ranks and it's it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like she didn't really have like a set home base when she went fully pro when she left her amateur status um just just in the uh, just in the past year um she worked with stardom she's worked with gato move she's worked with ddt tokyo joshi pro uh she's done some freelance shows with japan uh she did two matches with prj new taiwan owe uh, Philippine Wrestling Revolution, Singapore Pro Wrestling. Uh, she worked a match in Big Japan, and uh, yeah, yeah. So she's uh, yeah, she she's got. I mean, she's definitely has done the majority of her work in the Gato Move has been her home promotion for the most part um, prior to her graduation from the Ice Urban Dojo. Um, and so so since like 2013 gato move has been her home promotion but because they're such a small joshi promotion her expansion into other uh promotions will probably lead to stardom eventually being the bigger base of her operations in japan um unless she chooses to move to the u.s like karushita is and be uh, mainly focused on all elite that's really going to be the uh the determining factor I mean, and, and remember, of course, when considering this, Riho's only 22 years old. Mm -hmm. So she has a world of time left in front of her in her career. And, you know, with the fact that she's been turned into a star as quickly as she has with all Elite, this, it's only a matter of time uh, before she starts fielding offers from all across the world uh, for all sorts of different companies. So that being, that being said, I would have no doubt in my mind that uh that 
Riho will continue to be a part of the Stardom roster since she still holds the High Speed Championship and will likely continue to be a uh, featured performer anytime she comes back to Japan. So, you know, it's it's just going to be a matter of you know how how often is that going to be able to happen. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I would not be surprised to see a, an, a working relationship uh, come out of this uh, between Bushi Road and All Elite um, as time goes on. And for if that working relationship does develop, if it would include both New Japan and Stardom in that uh, in that partnership with All Elite. Uh, finally, advertising global marketing strategy by Bushi Road will begin starting in January 2020 to include more weekly pro wrestling coverage. Traffic advertisements, TV spots, etc. In addition to guest guest appearances at events hosted by Bushi Road. Uh, quote from Mayu Itani at the press conference: "I loved the thrill of performing on the big stage at Madison Square Garden earlier this year, and look forward to helping bring Stardom to greater heights." So they are definitely going to continue in her role as the ace, as the most recognizable performer for the company. And um, given that she was one of the only roster members to speak at the press conference um and given the gravity of this announcement um just from a uh, company standpoint of things i firmly expect now that whenever the title match happens between her and b Priestley, that mayu is going to win back the world of stardom title yes um, uh, yeah absolutely it, it makes absolute sense for her to uh be the uh be the the lead horse in the race uh going into this new era for stardom so um that's that's something I can I can think we can put as pretty much a lock for when that's going to happen. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly when it is set for, but if I scroll back a little ways, um, still scrolling, still scrolling. Okay, there we go. Uh, next month, uh, Kirken Hall show. So November. Whatever, whatever, whatever uh, the stardom is running Kirk and Hall in November is when that title match is going to happen. All right. So, which is probably when she's going to. Yes. Title change is going to happen as well. So November. Exactly. Yep. November's in two weeks. Yes. So long and the short of it is as follows: One, tomorrow the stardom roster and staff, along with some members of the Bushi Road family, embark on the first road trip together to Osaka for two shows on Saturday and then a show in Okayama on Sunday. Two, we ask you to join us as we step forward into this new era over the next two years and beyond. We will see growth as a wrestling company in production, in substance, and in our efforts to keep bringing you the best women's wrestling in the world. Three, don't be alarmed by change. Rusty Ogawa still runs wrestling operations. Stardom staff still work behind the scenes. And together with our roster and our new family at Bushi Road, we will strive to bring our brand of wrestling to an even larger world. Thank you for your support. That is the official rundown from Stardom. So... That is uh, that that is the that is the state of things right That's where now. Where we are, and um, oh, as, as, okay. So here, as for what uh, what Chara Expo is, uh, Chara Expo is a Japanese anime and games convention organized by Bushiroad and held its inaugural event at the same venue the previous year in November 2018. Chara Expo 2019 will feature. A bunch of stuff. Um, apparently, New Japan's going to be having some matches at Shara Expo, and now there's also the Stardom uh, match that has been added to the lineup. So this is just a convention that celebrates all things related to Japanese entertainment. So there it is. 
So if you are in the Anaheim area and are looking to uh, celebrate your love of Japanese entertainment, uh, December 7th and 8th, that is a place to be, the Anaheim Convention Center. Um, but yeah, as far as what this means for stardom, as far as my take on it goes, um, this definitely uh, is, a, is a power move by stardom. Uh, in order to cement themselves even further as being the premier Joshi company in Japan and really in the world because there isn't really any company uh, apart from them that has this degree of strong corporate sponsorship and backing in Japan. Most of the other Japanese uh, uh, Joshi companies are very much independently run and operated and do not have any sort of widespread marketing presence and just you know they rely on their own you know established fan bases and word of mouth promotion and you know online presence and whatnot to uh to help to grow themselves so stardom is going to be uh is making a big jump forward here and for their for them as a company i think this is a a great move i think this is going to result in a lot of positive growth for them as a company is going to mean that they're going to have a probably a a lot more talent that's looking to join their ranks i mean they just added uh julia to their ranks who is um i believe she's a former ice one half of one of the former ice ribbon tag team championship uh holders and is a veteran performer in the japan uh joshi scene and um she's uh she's a, a big deal addition to uh to the company and um i can i can only anticipate that there's going to be even more uh names like that to be uh to be joining the, uh, the roster in the time yeah um julie's actually from the uk actually if i'm really actually looking at that yeah and uh and yeah she she's uh she's been based in ice ribbon primarily for uh for the past three years but has worked okay. in a number of other japanese promotions but has officially made her jump from uh from ice ribbon to stardom she was uh the international ribbon tag team champion along with tequila saya uh for 70 days earlier this year and uh with tequila retiring uh i can't say i'm surprised that uh that julian wanted to make the move over but uh you know she's got a ton of uh, a ton of uh, of support and has been uh one of the most heralded performers in ice ribbon for quite some time so for her to make the jump over to stardom is a big get for them and um i i'm anticipating we're going to see a lot more names like that moving over soon um you know the, the, po the possibilities are very widespread um in terms in terms of big name performers uh who are part of other companies that could be wanting to get under that stardom banner right now orissa nakajima is a name that immediately comes to mind obviously uh it would not surprise me to see nene takahashi make a return to the company um you know if they can ever fix the bad blood that exists between them after the whole um uh yoshiko incident with uh actress kawa from from yesteryear um the azure revolution mayukihi and risa sarah are uh, two prime performers that i could see easily moving over to stardom under this new banner and uh plenty of others that have been making a 
make it making some big big splashes this year um so keep an eye out on uh, on any sort of big roster moves that are coming for stardom in the next in the next couple of months because um we're likely to see a bit of a power shift in the joshi scene in that regard uh and with the corporate backing for bushi road now supporting stardom and giving them that much bigger of a platform uh going forward it's um, nothing if not good for stardom and mm-hmm. you know it is nothing if not good for bushi road to diversify their portfolio even more so yeah exactly. i feel it's the safe safe to say exactly so. Looking forward to it, my friend. It's a, a very interesting time in this in this wacky ass business we love. You know? Yes, indeed. And, oh, uh, it's uh, it really is something, huh? Yeah, I'm 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 most mostly just happy for the opportunity for more wrestling to be showcased on a wider platform, and and that's something that um, th- that you know Joshi has been needing for a very long time because it's historically has always been that joshi has a much more sequestered fan base uh than the male wrestling counterparts in japan so to give them a wider audience and to maybe try and give them a little bit more equal promotion and have it be more than just the traditional um trying to figure out a way to put this delicately there's always been the uh the kind of old school promotion uh in in japan in terms of marketing wrestling to the opposite sex based Mm -hmm. on based based on sex appeal in that sort of way that's that's always been kind of an underpinning part of of japanese wrestling for many years it's not this is not new uh it's not a new thing by any means but um i would certainly like to see it be uh given a little bit more promotion for its own merit and have that be the basis for why it gets uh, gets a wider platform over time. And um, if that, if nothing else, if that leads to stardom, maybe as a as and especially Rossi Ogawa, maybe eliminating some of that sex appeal based uh, advertising from their own sort of uh, promotional uh, interests for the company, instead re- relying on the strength alone of the wrestling and the performers. Um, I'd be happy with that too because that's something that has always set stardom apart from the rest of the Joshi companies in the, in Japan in in and of itself, and has led some people to uh, draw, draw some criticism towards stardom for kind of relying on those kind of old school tactics when they have the best roster of women that there you could find anywhere in the world and could very easily just rely on the merits of their performers alone for that. So. That would be something I would be excited to see as well, just from a social commentary standpoint. But either way, you know, from a business perspective, as I said, this is only good things for Stardom and Bushi Road, and uh, is likely to lead to a bit more fierce competition uh, in the Joshi scene for uh, for getting you know recognition and notice. Um, and who knows? Maybe we'll see some other uh, companies getting uh, getting some corporate corporate sponsorship backing them soon um ice ribbon and seedling would be the two or and, and tokyo joshi pro also those would be the three uh names i would expect to see getting getting that kind of backing most prominently if it if it were to come but um we'll see what happens in time 
I don't know of any other any other uh, Japanese promotions, male or female, outside of New Japan and now Stardom that have that kind of corporate sponsorship uh, by you know direct media in that way. There, there yeah. isn't, to the best of my knowledge. So, so yeah. they are the leaders in the pack for their yeah. respective genders. So, and it's a a very smart investment by Bushi Road mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, is to get in on the ground floor, so to speak, for a company like Stardom. Yeah, you know, it's uh. Sky's the limit, my man. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you got that much muscle behind you, and you're as good at your job as Stardom is, I don't see why they can't just dominate. Mm-hmm. Even more so. You and, know? and they likely will. So. All right. Well. All right. That I believe is going to do it for us. It is uh, just after ten thirty. Keep it nice and simple, not short and sweet. And uh, we'll head on uh, head on out. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. All right. Well, guys, if you uh, enjoyed what you heard tonight here on the show, please be sure to check out all the rest of the content here on Los Gobernadores, the podcast. Uh, 300 Wrestling Podcast is actually going to be making a move now to Tuesday nights. Oh, cool. Uh, from Fridays to Tuesdays now. So we will be uh, hearing Star Blue Night now on Tuesday nights, I believe still the same time, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. Uh, to get all of your inside looks into the stories of wrestling fans and how they came to be part of this crazy endeavor that we love and hold so dear to our hearts. Always a great time with Star Blue. She also asks some awesome questions and you know it always leads to a very enjoyable listening experience to hear someone else's story about how they got into wrestling. So please be sure to check it out again. Now Tuesday nights, 8 Eastern, 7 Central for 3 Hound Wrestling Podcast. Tomorrow night, will be the last friday show so that'll be starting will that start next week or they'll start the week after star blue just let us know uh one way or the other but yeah tomorrow night will be the last friday for 300 wrestling podcast and uh and then from there they will be moving to tuesdays so keep your ears open for that uh saturdays we have shooting debris with takers meeting and mr doctor Andrew starting now at 11 30 a.m eastern 10 30 a.m central uh, again, that start a half hour later, but still all the same greatness. Get your breakfast, get your, bre- get your graps. Start your weekends off right with our brothers, Takers Meeting and Mr. Dr. Send you over at Shooting Debris. And then come on back at 6 Eastern 3 Pacific for someone to book that with the Master Ken, giving you all the best in fantasy wrestling layouts and storytelling that you could ask for. Ken does an awesome job with putting together some great, great stuff. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, what he has going on. Uh, coming up this weekend so please be sure to be there again saturday 6 eastern 3 pacific for someone should book that with the master ken uh connoisseurs of wrestling is uh going on an indefinite hiatus at the current time we want to send our best wishes to our friend biff kensington the third as he is uh currently in some serious health dire straits and hope that he is able to find some relief and comfort uh with uh, with everything he's got going on uh, but for the time being, Connoisseur Wrestling is going to be on indefinite hiatus. Um, and um, we will uh, keep you guys posted. If they're able to find a new uh, third member of the panel uh, to help bring the show back, the, we will certainly keep you guys posted on that. But for the time being, just keep your uh, keep your positive energy and positive thoughts flowing for Biff Kensington. And uh, hopefully he will uh, find, some, uh, find, find some respite in that uh as he deals with his current health ailments if uh, anyone deserves it it's uh it's it's our man biff man we're pulling for you biff absolutely 
Uh, if you enjoy the show here again, also be sure you are following us on Twitter at two guys, one sport, number two, number one in the handle and check out our personal Twitter as well at crazy Chris five, seven, six and at G it's was G A T S A V E S on both Twitter and Instagram for both for our personal handles. And, uh, Keep up with us in uh, in non-wrestling related things as well in those places. And of course, you can always follow up on the show via our syndicated broadcasts on iTunes and Spotify. Just search Two Guys One Sports, spell out the numbers like it is here in the title on Twitch, and you'll find all our old broadcasts. Uh, unfortunately, I have to send a special rest in peace to episode 124, which got lost in the, uh, in the shuffle of downloads and such. Um, probably as a result of the whole transitioning from the one computer to the two computer setup here on my end so you know my faults i'll i'll uh get the egg on my face for that one but um it's been real yeah episode 124 we hardly knew you in fact i barely yeah. even remember what we talked about because we've Take, taken from us too soon man. we've we've done so many of these that i barely remember what goes on from week to yeah, week as it is but um either way um nonetheless the syndicated uh episodes will continue to run as always over on itunes and spotify so be sure to search it out again just look up two guys one sport spell out the numbers like it is here in the title on twitch and we will uh give you all the old episodes there um and i believe that is about it there's anything else that uh we need to uh discuss you got anything can't think of anything all right can you um not evidently i'm just oh. uh i'm i'm just gonna get this raid going right now and uh we're gonna send you guys off to another stream while uh george takes us home please as always a sincere thank you for spending your thursdays with us uh we we chris and i really sincerely appreciate it we do this show for you mm -hmm. and um you guys are knowledgeable and passionate and smart and compassionate wrestling fans and more of you and less of everyone else right chris absolutely we have the best wrestling fans on the planet the best listeners uh, in the world and it is a blessing and a privilege to do this for you guys each and every week mm -hmm. as always be good to each other be kind to each other don't work yourselves into a shoe fly eagles fly bear down that's Chris, I'm George, and this is Two Guys, One Sport. Episode 127 is in the book. <laughs>